Have you all heard of Valor's Veterans Community AZ? Well, let me tell you about them. They are a 501c3 nonprofit which helps organize social gatherings and volunteer opportunities for veterans and their families. VVC was created in 2018 by our good friend Ro Gonzalez. You may have heard him on this show before. Uh, this guy's awesome, man. He's got the hookup to all sorts of sporting events, movie premieres, and all kinds of cool shit. Bringing like-minded people together not only allows everyone to share resources, but also helps reconnect that bond military members had while they were still in the service. VVC AZ also holds a monthly coffee social the third Saturday of every month where local organizations can share their resources. Their goal is to build Arizona's strongest veteran community by engaging veterans one at a time. Please check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and ValorsVeteransCommunityAZ.org. Fallen! All right, all right, everybody take a seat, grab a drink, let's get this show started. And three, two, one. We are here. Yes, we are. We're back. We made it. In 1931. Oh, how did we get there? It's another episode of At That Moment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you remember how this goes. Yes. So we are talking about the birth of our national anthem today. Oh, I love our national anthem. I'm just kidding. We're not talking about the national anthem. Why not? It makes me cry. You know how this thing goes. We pick a topic or actually an event, a historical event. And we throw it away, and we talk about everything else that was going on around that time. The real stuff, the important stuff, you know what I mean? Movies, culture, fashion, you know, that stuff. I know, and I'm excited to talk about that, but I also we, love to talk about the national we can We can cover it a little bit, uh, but uh, before we do, um, I do want to mention uh, um, a little something. Yeah. I know you think I'm going to talk about what happened right now, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> what happened right now? I, I don't, don't want to talk about it. Okay, I, we will talk about it. I want to talk about an affiliation. An affiliation? Affiliation with Strike Force. Ah. Do you think they had Strike Force energy back in 1931? Um, they didn't need it because they were putting Coke in Coke. Mm, that's true. So, well, you won't find Coke in no. Strike Force, <laughs> uh, but you, you will also not find any sugar or calories. Yeah, and Strike Force. You'll pass a UA if your work gives you one. Yep. So Strike Force, if you want twenty percent off, mm. use promo code Fallen three sixty. That's too easy. It's Fallen three sixty. It's the name of this podcast. Do you mix it with water? You can mix Strike Force with whatever you want to. You so can, like yes. So the the water you spilled all over. That's what I was not going to talk about. Five seconds ago. <laughs> That's what I was trying to avoid. Listen, before we get into that, just go get yourself some Strike Force. 20% off by using promo code FALLEN360. Now that I sold my soul, mm-hmm. um, we can talk about your little diffuser. <laughs> uh, since you brought it up. Yes, I we had we had a little uh, a little mishap right before the show. So this is why we're starting. Not that it matters to you. Not that you can tell. But uh, we were supposed to start recording three hours ago. Uh, I happened to spill a little water from a, a diffuser. I, I don't even know the what I know what it does because you know it blows out smoke and or vapor or whatever, and you put oils in it, and it smells really good. And mm-hmm. I was just trying to cleanse the uh, the uh, recording studio, if you will, and make it smell good. And actually, I'd been doing this already like the, the whole week. Today we just had, and luckily it wasn't even full. So when I grabbed it, picked it up, tried to move it out of the way so we could record, of all places for it to land, it fell on top of the mixer. So like I said, luckily it wasn't full. It yeah. was probably less than a quarter full, but still it was enough to to slow down production. I think the next time you tell this story, you should say, so there I was drinking a beer. That might well, sound a little more manly than my I spilled my diffuser. I could have said I was drinking a little strike force, but. Oh, yeah. Hey, I wonder if you put Strike Force in the diffuser, what that will do. <laughs> and all the kids will be running around in crazy pants. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna bring that up to uh, to uh, the guys, Sean Matson and the boys from Strike Force. We should. That's um, a good idea. Anyways, but we um, we um, are are getting off topic here. Okay. We're here to talk about 1931. Mm-hmm. You said you enjoy 
uh, or would enjoy talking about the national anthem. So why don't you just get us started and talk about the national anthem real quick then? Well, the national anthem, I just love it. It does make me cry every and time by, I hear it. By the way, yeah. I, I love the national anthem too. Don't get <gasps> me wrong. It does. I'm just saying we're not here mm. to talk about its birth. Okay, like in 1931, um, there were lots of songs that the U.S. used, like Hail Columbia, um, My Country Tis of Thee, God Save the Queen. How is how did no, that no. make it? Um, I think that the, what was the first one you mentioned? My Country Tis of Thee? Yeah. The Melody. Oh. Oh, was yeah. from God Save the Queen. So God, okay. God Save the That's Queen like, was the is a is the British national anthem, or is it the British national anthem? It's it's something British. Yeah, though, obviously. United Kingdom national anthem. But the 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 melody we used its melody, so oh, we couldn't let go of Big Brother. We couldn't. We were still. I mean, we had fought him. We beat him. We got our liberty. But we still wanted reason, to wear his jacket. Yeah, we still wanted. <laughs> but we we added our own patches. So it was, um, what was it called again? It was My Country Tis of Thee in the Melody of God Save the Queen. That's weird. That's weird. Well, So we were using that for a while. That we had, that in, we didn't have a national anthem until 1931 to begin with. I'm like, don't you think that that would be something on their to-do list? I don't know. A little known fact, though. President Woodrow Wilson in 1916 uh, is the one who, who, um, who initiated the Star Spangled Banner. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. But it wasn't put into Congress or made official until 1931 by your favorite president. <sighs> not Bush. I was like, <laughs> I'm confused. Hoover. Isn't that your favorite president? I mean, I like his dams. Isn't that everybody's favorite president? Yeah. Du- double check me on that, though, but I'm pretty sure that was him. Yeah. It sounds like the timeline. Hoover. I like his vacuums. I like his dams. Herbert. Herbert. Hey, he's got <gasps> the same name as he Herbert Walker Bush. Yes. So there I you go. I never made that. Now I like him. So now you like Herbert. So anyway, so he's the one who made it official. 1931, March something. March 3rd, I believe. Mm-hmm. So It kind of like, because that was when our country was really poor. We're going through the Depression. Yep. So you it's, mentioned that. So maybe... Um, he was like, well, we can't buy anything. It's like when you were broke and you have to give someone something, you start re-gifting things. So he's like, um, this will cost us nothing to declare this. Yeah. So, he's like, they they already kind of had it. And he's like, Hey guys, there we go. They couldn't afford a parade. <laughs> yeah. I brought, I brought food. They're like, no, that's yesterday's leftover food. You just. Took it outside and brought it back in. Yeah. You can't you can't declare that new food. So, anyways, but like I mentioned, mm-hmm. yes, we all appreciate the national anthem, yeah. but we're not here to talk about the national anthem. We're not. No, we're here to talk about hats. 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 <laughs> Nineteen thirty-one in the thirties in particular. And I know we we talked about this uh, in in the last episode of at that moment. And um, in case you guys need a little reminder, what we like to do when we do these segments at that moment is we pick that, I know I mentioned this already, but we pick that event, right? And then we cover everything else that was popular around that time. So the the fun stuff, if you will. I know uh, from last segment, you really uh, appreciate the fact that you can vote. And we talked about the 19th yes. Amendment for, you know, two seconds. Um, but wouldn't you rather talk about what women were wearing to, to the, the ballots? Right? Yeah. Right? So yeah. same thing this time. What were men wearing? What were men taking off their head when they were singing the national anthem? Oh. See what I did there? So these hats. Hats were awesome, right? This is the era of the gangsters, right? Yes. You, 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 when you think of 1931, mm-hmm. what kind of hat do you imagine? The fedora. The fedora. We have mm-hmm. one of our sons that <laughs> had a phase. He did have a fedora he, phase. He had a fedora phase. Right? <laughs> who who hasn't gone through that? What what young man has not gone through a fedora phase, right? Correct. I think eventually the fedora phase hits every man. Yes. My grandpa wore it, but he wore it like legit. Like he was legit. Like he really, they, he wore it day to day. It wasn't a fashion thing. It was, that's what he wore. He wore a suit. Every day, mm-hmm. uh, his suit was just, it, it was like a jacket. 
you know it was so worn but that's what he wore every day mm-hmm. and the button-up shirt and and his fedora that is fedora. he when he walked out the door that is what he wore if he was sitting in the house he had his button-up shirt not mm-hmm. his not his suit but uh maybe not his hat but as soon as he stepped out he grabbed that suit jacket and mm-hmm. that fedora and that's what he wore every day i don't remember or have any pictures of him not wearing that so and um i believe he was born in let me see he was born in the 19 ooh teens in the teens ooh so like, yeah so so the 30s were you know he was a he was a young man yeah in the 30s. so he was he was rocking these um and all the way into the the 80s you know mm-hmm. so when when i knew him but my favorite uh and i think i'm going to get one of these okay um, can you guess? Actually, I'm gonna play a little game. <laughs> guess which one of these? I, I have a, a printed out copy here for you to look at. Oh my gosh! Okay, I, I, okay. Which one is your favorite? Um, well, let's go. Let's let's let, let me let me rephrase that. Okay. Yes. So, I've I've gone through a phase of mm-hmm. I would say at least two of these. Okay. All right. So let's start with that. Which two do you think I've worn? And when I say phase, I bought mm-hmm. it and I may have worn it twice. Yeah. That's, that's well, how I definitely, I think everyone, every guy has worn, they call it the cap, but it, it's that newsboy. Oh, yeah. The newsy. Yep. The newsy hat. Definitely had one of those. Yes. That's so one. that one. So ding, when, ding, 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 ding. Now I'm so torn because I, the derby bowler or the booter, the booter is like, I don't know. It reminds me of something someone would wear golfing, like Thurston Howell from Gilligan's Island. That's funny. So <laughs> that is not one of them that I've been through, but that is a future one that I want to wear. Mm. And actually, it's not that one exact. It's It, it looks like it. The uh-huh. one I want to wear, and I'll yeah. tell you why I want to wear it. It looks like the, the boater, but it's actually the split straw. So it's the flat top. Yeah. It think of think of a uh, the Abraham Lincoln was at the yeah what kind of hat was that that he wore like um the a po- what is it pipe a no no yeah yeah something like that right yeah right. like well, the pipe it, yeah the tall you know anyways yeah. but this one's like cut that in half mm-hmm. and it's just a shorter version of it just a round circle flat top over your head with a round brim all around mm-hmm. it and the split straw is that but it's just made out of straw. The reason why I want to get one of those yeah. is because those are the ones that when somebody had a bad day, they would take <laughs> off their head and then punch you right punch through it. Through. <laughs> I want one of those. Just, yes. I, in fact, I want like 20 of them. Just you would around need 20. So I could just, when I have a bad day like today. Like when, when you when spill I, your water I, I spill, on your equipment? Yeah, when I spill my whiskey on the equipment today, you know? Yeah, or when you, your diffuser. No, no, the whiskey. It was I was drinking whiskey. It was upsetting. Was it upsetting that you I met, wish you... Uh, you lost the diffuser water I, with that aroma. I wish I had a split straw hat right now. Or you destroyed your equipment. <laughs> so I could punch through it. That would be, that is such Anyways, a you. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I totally know what you. In, in a, yes. Like when somebody, when, <laughs> when somebody lost all their money in the stock market. <laughs> and then he punched right through it. You know, yes. or like when their wife was making fun of them. <laughs> And, and punch, you know, and punch, instead of punching them in the face, they would punch through the <laughs> well, split straw. You, you know what I mean? Well, it, yes. was, it was okay back then, right? So, anyways, <laughs> listen. Okay. Yes. You never, you never uh, guessed the second one that I kind of went through. I'll, I'll just let you know. I'll put that, make it easier for you. You're never okay. So it was the, the little the what they call the walker. The walker. The walker. It's kind of yeah, like I a fedora, and I, I, I have one probably still somewhere yeah. around. But um, those are kind of popular. They were kind of like the fedora, but they were the brims were a lot smaller, and then mm-hmm. were on the back it would kind of be flipped up a yeah. little, and then coming down on the, yeah. on the front, you know, whatever. Very, so. That it, it kind of takes us into that. Kind of reminds me of the fifties. Like it must have lasted a long time. I think that one did because people still wear those today. Like yeah. the, the cap. That one's super popular in the nineties. Uh, sure. In the nineties, that one. Whoa, LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. Wearing Kangool. Kangool was a popular brand, right? Oh. For the, the and now if, if people know uh, that brand, they know what we're talking about. But yeah. those little newsy hats yes. were super popular. I, I think people still wear those today too. Well, uh, if you have a little boy, you ha- you have a picture of him wearing it. It's so, required. 
that was um, super, super popular during that time frame too as well. All right, so man suits, uh, or men suits, sorry. Man suits is what Hillary wears <laughs> these days, right? Oh, and sportswear. So the reality is that men suits and sportswear, there was not really a difference, right? Yeah. So like I, I mentioned, my grandpa, that was his everyday, like a suit was like, I guess you would call it wear? a sports jacket, but he wore it everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to go bowling. He'd probably wear that. I, I can't see my grandpa bowling. But or if he goes, hey, I'm going to go to the bar. That's what mm -hmm. he would wear, right? Uh, my grandpa did go to the bar a lot. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm going to go pick up the kids from school. You know, it's 105 degrees out here in El Paso, Texas. Uh, I'm going to wear my suit. Like, that's what he wore every day. And it seems like back in the day, like the sportswear and mm -hmm. their suits, were same thing. Almost the same thing. Minus like the no, because even like the jacket. If you look at pictures from it, yeah, like it's just a sports jacket. What's the difference between a suit and a sports jacket? I don't know. Sports jacket you're was right. thinner. Yeah, probably right. I'm assuming. Yeah, like they would golf fully clothed. And you don't wear you like you just don't wear a tie. Yeah, like, like that's ooh. the difference. Ooh, look at you all sporty today. Look at no tie. No tie. Look at you. That's it. Or like, ugh, dress up for the love of God. Put on a tie. I know. <laughs> Nowadays, women all wearing yoga pants. I know. Thank naked. you, Jesus. Thank Men you. out there running around in shorts and little flip flops. Flip flops. These men would have beat you guys up wearing flip flops. With no, because they all weighed like a hundred and five pounds. <laughs> they were small. That goes to show. Look at their suits were meant to make their shoulders look bigger because they were so oh, tiny. Yeah. Men were so tiny back then. Also, high waisted pants. Mm -hmm. I wish pants were a thing. The 80s. <laughs> the 80s. Oh, women, maybe. But, for women, but, but not men, for men, yeah. No, but in the 1930, 31, they like them high waist. They the made 30s. their waist look thicker because they were so skinny. Oh, Shit, so they were today, trying to put on pounds. Today, we're trying to make ourselves look <laughs> fucking thinner. Yes. I don't know how that's possible, but anyway, so that was uh, men's fashion. A little, it was kind of cool. Yeah, um, it was cool. I, I mean, but. I, I don't know if that's everyday wear for me. I might wear that once a year. I think you do have to bring up that this was during the Great Depression. So these were the, you know, this was, this. these could have been before and after pictures. Like these were the before and all these guys dressed up in their suits. But you even saw that like when they were going through soup kitchens, they were wearing, their suits got tattered, but they still wore the suits. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the point, though. Then, if you're that depressed, just wear nothing. Yeah, it's, you know, just be comfortable. What's the cheapest thing? Nothing. Don't yeah. buy any clothes at all. Get a burlap sack. Make they're, a. But they're like, nope. Make a shirt out of a newspaper or something. Mm -hmm. They're like, nope. We're, we're still gonna, gonna wear them suits. Even mm -hmm. homeless people look classier back in 1931 than they do than than a regular guy now. Yeah. now. You see a guy, Hobos yeah. You see a guy running around in Scottsdale today. You know, if you, if you ran into him in 1931, they'd be like, "Oh my God, this homeless person needs some money." Yeah, <laughs> he's got no shoes. It's like he's got strings. He's wearing strings on his feet. Like he's, yeah, he's wearing he's wearing strings on his feet made out of some weird a hoodie, rubber. A hoodie and jeans. <laughs> yeah, not even that, right? Just like a tank top. Imagine Sunday, uh, what is that? Sun, uh, sun uh, guns out, sun, sun's, sun's out, out, guns, guns out. out <laughs> they did they, not follow that. They did not follow that rule at all. Mm -hmm. They thought you were broke. You're like, yeah. this guy can't even afford sleeves. <laughs> In 1931, they'd be giving you money. If you were if you were a Scottsdale boy uh, and out, uh, you know, wearing your same clothing in 1931, they people would toss money at you. Yeah, so, or arrest you for indecency. Maybe. So, I don't know. But anyways, um, so that was men's fashion. Uh, not as um, not as uh, interesting, like you said, uh, maybe because of the depression, whatever. But I really liked the, I don't know. I know that's not a big difference between the 1920s and 30s, but it does seem like the depression really did take a hold because it was very plain, right? Yeah. 1920s, you kind of saw like the, the big the suits colors. and the colors and the women's hats and everything mm -hmm. else. But um, other than that stupid little split straw hat, you know, um, there's, <laughs> you can you can keep all that 1931. I don't want your pants. I don't want your high waisted <laughs> pants. I already have a big ass waist as it is. So. And your shoulders. I don't need no, no shoulder pads, man. But you know what was cool, though? What? Board games. <gasps> Board games were so cool. Board games became super popular 
in the early 1900s, um, especially, and I know this was during the Depression era, but um, uh, financial games, mm-hmm. like games about finances. So yes. you can see what, you can tell what people's uh, brains were at. Yeah. You know, where were their minds at? Obviously thinking about making money, dreaming about money. Yes. It's so, um, it, it's so reflective because like, you, you're probably trying to, they were probably trying to explain to their kids, like, what happened? We used to have a nice house. Now dad's jumping out of a window. And so someone yeah. thought, maybe we should make a game to kind of explain. A lot of suicides are in that time. Yes. And when you say people jump out the window, you're not lying. Like, people were literally jumping out of, like, three or four-story, you know, buildings because they lost everything. Bankers, yes. you know, financial advisors. So Should have sold some of those suits. Speaking of that. What is the most popular, I guess, financial, you know, uh, board game out there that has to do with with finances, I guess? The OG. Monopoly. 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 So Monopoly, um, I couldn't really tell uh, from all the research. I couldn't really tell exactly, exactly Mm -hmm. when it came out. But it seems like the the closest version to today of uh, the board game Monopoly was created in 1933. I know it's not 31, but it's close enough. Uh, But before then, there were a ton of different games just like it, uh, different versions of Monopoly. But the the closest version that we have today Mm -hmm. was created in 1933. And that was pretty much the, the beginning of what we now know as the game Monopoly. So it's just interesting that during that time frame, like, a game like this would, would come up and then it, it stayed popular forever. So I know. Now they've got, I don't know, have you seen all the different versions of Monopoly that they have? Every, I mean, I think we've owned every, like, 10 different versions. They have, like, a, um, a Chicago version, not 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 a... I know they have like a nice one, like, and I don't even know if this one's official, but they have like the shitty parts of Chicago <laughs> version, you know, like the ghetto and that's the, awesome. The hoods and all, and I think they probably they probably have that for for all the the different cities, you know, the major cities and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like I said, I don't know if they're official, but they have all the different versions. And of course, and you're talking Harry Potter, they yeah, have the Star Wars version Mario. and all that. So. But, um, yep, so that was in 1933, pretty much the beginning of Monopoly. Um, and I know our family really gets into Monopoly as well, mm-hmm. but it has caused some wars, I'm sure. Yes. Just like most of you uh, listening out there, if you haven't played Monopoly with your family. Um, it makes you want to punch your hat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had one of them, you know, straw hats. So. But um it. I just punch right through it. Why, I oughta, <laughs> you know, I wanted to buy Broadway <laughs> or uh, Park Avenue. Which one's the, which one's the the boardwalk? The boardwalk is mm-hmm. that's those are the blue ones, right? Yeah. Parkway is green, I think. Yeah. Broadway and I think is it Broadway and Boardwalk are the blue ones. Mm-hmm. And then Parkway Avenue and the, there's three green ones. Those are the second. Yeah. Most popular, and then I forget. After that, it's all yellow, then orange, red, red, orange, yellow. But the light blue is the cheapest. Anyways, on the other if side. you've played this game with your families and you guys are still all together, you know, uh, God You're bless you. You're gonna make it. God bless you. That that is, that is a true test of uh, of uh, family strength. If you guys can make it through that, so mm-hmm. I don't know if we've ever actually finished a game. I think we've started it. I don't even know if we've actually finished the full one. But uh, let me see what else we got. So. I know this next one is one of your favorites. So yes, you want to talk about this one since you're so in love with this little. I sock. love this. Oh, bro- almost said it. Go ahead. The sock Take over. monkey. Sock monkeys. It's called the Rockford sock monkey, um, and it's the first no seam sock that they turn. You know what it is? It's like it's it's the socks from that era era, and they turned them into monkeys. Like a um, wool sock, right? Yeah. Because I'll tell you this, before you get too far into this, a sock monkey for me is something completely different. <laughs> oh, no. A sticky sock monkey Do is something completely different dis- than what you're thinking of. But now go ahead, continue. Yes. So this was, of course, during the Depression, moms were looking to make toys. And so they took the sock monkey and the heel of it was a red lips. So they turned the heel of the sock into the monkey lips 
And that was, and the reason why I love it, I'm going to go deep, is that often we'll talk about my um, sad little childhood of being homeless. And I remember when I was like in kindergarten for Christmas, the bus driver, him and his wife made me a sock monkey and gave it to me because he knew we were... The bus driver did? The bus driver and his wife. I made sure to say, and his wife, so it didn't sound skeezy. Because I will not let you taint this beautiful memory I have. Why'd you say taint? Oh. <laughs> I hate you. you I hate that you. Word. I hate you. Do not disparage. The man's probably gone now. But they made me a sock monkey. And I was like, it was so cute because I had no toys. I lived in the desert. So it was so special. Now when I see sock monkeys, mm-mm, I just, and I'm, and they're popular again. So did they make it for you or did they buy you one? No, they made it. it like she made it. Yeah. So it was like back then you didn't, you wouldn't buy a sock monkey. That would sound ridiculous or seem ridiculous. You say back then, you're talking about 1931 or back then when you when were. When I was little. Cl- so close I mean, to 31. Shut close. your mouth. But, but so that they did sell them though. In the 80s? I'm sure they did. I mean, they've been around no, since. No, I think at, that people were just making them. So are you saying that they just made them, they became popular and then all of a sudden, now they make them again, and they look exactly like those? Or you don't think the company continued to make them? I don't know. Well, you have to do a little bit more research then, huh? Okay. No. Okay. So on here, they sent the pattern with the sh- the socks. So because they became so popular. Right. That they're like. So it's a double whammy. Like you buy these socks, and then you, you can get turn a them pattern. into a. You can you can turn them into a sock monkey. Yeah, so I just don't think back the then socks. it was like everyone. It was like you got food at home, like you, you we'll make you a sock monkey. I'm not buying you a sock monkey. I'll make you a sock monkey. Mm, I have to look more into that. No, too, so. I think that's how it went. It wasn't until the 2000s when we're like, no, I'm sure yes, before then. No, I think look it up. I'm sure there's a company out there that started making sock monkeys for a profit, like not just the socks. Like a no. Because it was now it's cool because it's a throwback. Yeah. So that sock monkey, what what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that version. Yeah. That's it's not made out of socks anymore. It's obviously made out of whatever materials, yes. but it looks like that old version. Yes. What I'm saying is that that can't be that new. I know that it's popular again now, but I'm sure in the 40s, 50s, I'm sure there was a company that started making these and somebody started buying them. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look more into it. But definitely uh, 1932 is when it became popular, right? Yeah. In Rockford, Illinois. Don't you have people in Rockford? I do. I have. I know some uh, some people that live up in that area. But um, this is, um, it's still very cool that, that it you know, is. takes you back to your, so your I love, childhood. Love, and we our little one, is. we call him a monkey. He kind of yep. looks like this little guy. Does he have one? Why, why do I believe he has one? I have no? one in my car. Oh, that, that little, like, little oh, small version of this. Yeah. yeah. So I should probably get him one. He deserves a sock monkey. All right. Are you going to make it or are you going to actually buy him one? God damn it. So I'm going to find the pattern and I'm making a sock monkey. But they sell these already pre-made though is what I'm telling you. It's not the same. It's not the same. Well, why so don't you just go, go over to the microwave and heat up some turkey? And we'll call that Thanksgiving. What? Yes, that's what you're saying. That's it's like, not it's not the same. Saying. It's not the same. Like, you so have to make go, it out gonna, of a sock. You're going to buy a sock from 1931? I'm sure they are reproducing those socks. And the, I'm going to uh, get the pattern. I'm going to get the sock. I'm going to make this sock my I have an old pair of green socks from the army. Oh. You want to use those? No, I don't. I could make what's a wrong with, What's wrong with the green? There you go. Because. They give me PTSD. All right. Well, not real PTSD. Just like, oh, I don't want to uh, wear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Okay. Because apparently this whole sock monkey thing is giving you <laughs> some sort of post-traumatic stress. No, it makes me happy. Finger paint. Finger paint. When was finger paint created? This is hilarious. In 1931, um, Ruth Shaw, a elementary school teacher, sent a little boy into the bathroom with iodine. You know, like, remember mm-hmm. iodine? It, it's 
it looks like blood almost. Yeah, it's like re- it's for when you get a cut. Yeah, when you, you get would, a cut and you they put, put that. Put on so, yeah, it's like yeah. red, it, and it's like red dye pretty much. Yeah. Why is it? Is it? Is the color of it? The is that the medicine, or did they put add color to it so that you would know where was being rubbed on? No, I don't think they were thinking that far. I think I. You don't think they were red. thinking that far? No. You know how you know how gas. The smell of gas doesn't really smell. Mm-hmm. They add that smell so that people know, you know. That when did they do that? I don't know when they that did that. It doesn't sound like something that they were doing in the 30s. Look, you don't give people in the 1930s enough credit. I don't. I, what I I'm give saying them a lot is of that they make their own toys. If they added the color red to it so that you know where the wound is, it marks it, and then you don't touch it. You know what? Why you don't think that's the wound? What the blood? Anyways, the iodine. Now, iodine. Let's go back. So this little boy invents finger painting because she walks in and he's finger painting with the iodine and writing. Mm-hmm. And this gives her the idea like, wow, finger paint. Yeah. And or it was his blood. Maybe he cut his finger and he was using, using his own blood to finger paint. Maybe we would talk about him later on a serial killer show um, after he joins the military because he is a serial killer. And that was his first like... Red rum, baby. Maybe. Maybe that was when you first said that um, finger painting. You know when it started, and the teacher sent this boy to the bathroom. <gasps> the first thing I thought was like when she went in that he had been using uh-huh. his poop to write on the walls. That's that's where I thought you were going with this. I'm sure finger painting painting in that way was done long ago. I'm sure, of course. Yeah, you mean, I mean think about you can think about cave paintings. Oh yeah. How were those done? You think I'm it not, was poop? I'm not saying poop. But, you know, people obviously use their hands and their fingers. So finger painting has been around since the beginning of time. Finger painting and prostitution are the two oldest forms <laughs> of employment. Uh, I mean, people were uh, hiring cavemen all the time. like, hey, look at uh, Uggug over there. He has great, um, you know, uh, form with his hands and his fingers. He can draw you the best buffalo. <laughs> out there and then oog oog uh can give you a blowjob while you're at it oh so my gosh those are the two first forms of employment i did not know that yep. finger wow. painting and prostitution just saying i think you took this beautiful story and just wow. made it naughty let's let's well finger painting finger painting so uh an elementary school teacher created it yeah, so she discovered like, oh, kids like to do this with different colors. I mean, so the, then she I got think, paint. Yeah. So did she? Is she the creator? Is yeah, she, so tell, she, tell me, she's a billionaire now, or her family well, at least. Hopefully, her family. She would be. She could still be alive. It, no, she wouldn't be alive if she was teaching. Nineteen thirty-one. She could have been young. Twenty. Still be pretty old. How old is she being? Oh. If she was twenty in nineteen thirty-one. Yeah, she'd be very old. Yeah. She'd be almost 120 years old. <laughs> okay, so she's dead. No. But her family, what? She'd, she'd be like... 110. No, yeah, you're right. Somewhere between 110 and 120. I and mean, I'm, I'm just doing quick math here. I, I know. I'm thinking COVID is... She's not going to survive COVID. No, I don't think she's going to survive just life, period. Can Anyways, I? so... I hope that she's rich. I hope her family's rich. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really get too much details after that. We just mm-hmm. know that that's when it was created. I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to to say, I own this. Like finger painting. Like it's, it's a matter of the material. So if I say I created this type of paint, someone else can just create a different type of paint. And a finger painting itself is, is just a method, right? Yeah, it's, it's it hard is. to... So she kind of made the method popular, I would say. Yeah. Because the method has existed, like I said, since back in the day, mm-hmm. right? As old as prostitution. Finger painting and prostitution go hand in hand. Yeah. Right? Just so that now everybody, that's what they imagine. Everybody listening, just remember, anytime you think prostitution, finger painting. Vice versa. Okay. Got it? Cool. Now that we got that settled. That makes me nervous. <laughs> Hey, what makes you more nervous? Your thought process or zombies? Yeah. Um, your thought process. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's let's not talk about that. Let's talk about zombies. Zombies. So white zombie. We're not talking about the band. Okay. We're no. not talking about Rob Zombie's band. 
Uh, we're talking about the movie White Zombie, which came out in 1932, which Rob Zombie did name his original band White Zombie after. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. And I have a question. Does that mean that this zombie has more privilege than other zombies? Mm, probably. Oh, okay. It was 1931. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you didn't know that? Rob Zombie was into all of these movies. I did not know. I don't know a lot about Rob. All the horror stuff? Mm. You know, he's the one who's been, obviously, you know, he started White Zombie, the band White yes. Zombie, right? Uh, and then, you know, kind of went solo and, uh, you know, uh, was just Rob Zombie, right? Yes. And then he, he got into movies, directing, right? Mm-hmm. He directed um, Halloween, right? The remake. Yeah. He directed uh, Night of Thousand Corpses. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. All right. He so likes. Yeah, I can't. I have a hard time watching his movies. That's he the. Takes it that's far. the origin of his movies and his even his music, is all of this uh, old school. Like he really went old school. Yeah, he did. Like he owns in his collection. Like he owns old films, original films. Of all of this oh, stuff wow. here. So everything from like Bella Lugosi, you know, the, the famous, you know, horror movie actor from, oh. from back in the day. Um, that's what he was into. So anyways, this is that movie, White Zombie. Uh, let me let me just talk a little bit about it right now. So it premiered in July 28th, 1932, uh, New York City's Rivoli Theater uh, and is an American pre-code horror film independently produced by Edward Halperin, uh, and directed by Victor Halperin, so maybe his brother, right? Uh, or they just uh, happen to be a coincidence. They both had the last name. So. They get that all the time. Yeah, you guys, brothers. But anyways, yeah. So that is the um, the, the 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 gist of it. Uh, anything else you want to add, or any more questions you have about this? No, I just think it's really interesting that. Zombies were so popular in 1932 that they made the first movies and they have withstood the test of time because, I mean, there was a time in The Walking Dead heyday where zombies were it. I mean, probably 50% of the costumes were zombies. Yeah, this movie was actually considered the first full-length feature uh, zombie film. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I think... During this time frame, there were a lot of um, beliefs in the afterlife, especially with like the uh, uh, down in like New Orleans and the, oh, yeah. you know people from from Haiti coming Voodoo. over. Voodoo, for some reason, that became super popular, and so people really believed um, in in people coming back from from the the, the mm-hmm. dead and all that. And plus, you know, medicine wasn't you know as known back yeah. then, so you know, you believing. Do something. Believing that somebody came back from the dead was was still, you know, I mean, shit, there's still people today that believe in this (laughs) shit. So anyways, but then I guess the um, part two, the sequel came out in 1936. So obviously people were still into that. Uh, And then let me see. uh, So a modern reception of White Zombie has been more positive. Some critics have praised the film's uh, atmosphere and compared to the 1940s horror films of Val Luton, while others still have unfavorable opinions on the quality of the acting. I thought that was interesting that when it first came out, they said there's bad acting and it's a bad movie. Then fast forward when, you know, movie critics can look back at it and they're like, no, no, this was a pretty good movie. Acting still sucks. (laughs) Right. So I think because it was, I mean, obviously it was an independent film. um, And I think when you look at any of these movies, the acting's not the the best. Um, It's just different. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a different. I think people are still coming from theater, especially 1930. Oh yeah, you know, sound wasn't even. I don't even know if the, I think these may have had sound already. Um, but either way, it, how hard was it to be an actor during those times? Yeah, I mean, you're you're you're. I don't know. It's you. You can't even. Your sound isn't going to be. You're not going to really be heard. The quality's shitty. Um, the scripts, I'm assuming, are probably not. You know. The best scripts out there, but um, yeah, and they're moving like you said from theater to movies, to filming, and the direct, and maybe not even the script itself, but maybe just the directors. 
The directors yeah. didn't know. They didn't have all these cutaway scenes and the frames yeah. like we do now. It was probably pretty straight up. Like, I'm going to film you. You talk. <laughs> I'm going to film you. You talk. You know? So, yeah. anyways, um, we're getting too much into this. We have more to go. So, check this out. So, Frankenstein. <gasps> the original Frank. Frankenstein came out in 1931. So obviously people really, really got into horror movies at that time. Uh, let me see. Frankenstein stars Colin Clive as Henry Frankenstein, an obsessed scientist who digs up corpses with his assistant in order to assemble living beings from dead body parts, just like the, the original story. The resulting creatures, often known as Frankenstein's monsters, uh, is portrayed by Boris Karloff. So Boris Karloff is another famous actor of that era that was in a bunch of horror movies as well. So, mm -hmm. in fact, Boris Karloff is known to be like the original um, horror actor. Yeah. You know, like he is like he is he's the master. And he's so, like, the man. White Zombie, same or Rob Zombie, I should say. Um, you know, he's, you know, um, loves this guy, always talks about him and his acting and his movies and all that stuff and how he was inspired by his acting and shit like that. So he's like our present day Wes Craven. Yeah, I would say something like that. Right. Or, um, what's the guy that, uh, played for Kruger, the actor? Oh yeah. He's, uh, more like that. Cause this guy was an actor. Oh, I think yeah. he directed and wrote some stuff too later on, but, um, for the most part he played a bunch of, um, uh, horror characters. That's awesome. Frankenstein's probably one of the most chill characters he he actually played. Well, he this was just a Frankenstein's just a dude trying to get through. It's like he didn't ask to come back. He's just trying to figure out his arms. His limbs. His limbs. He was just pissed off because one arm was shorter than the other arm. Yeah. Yeah. And he Frankenstein kept... has always been one of those stories though that has it's there's more to it than the actual. Yeah, the horror part to it, right? It means something different to everybody mm -hmm. else. I think it's about being socially accepted. That's what Frankenstein really means. Aww, I like that. It was written. Wasn't leave it written by me women? Alone. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. That's all he would say. Aww, really? I don't know. Oh, I was like, damn. <laughs> He's telling the villagers, "I just want to live. I just want a Netflix. I just want to be one of you." I Obviously, just, my voice of Frankenstein is really, its just a guess. Just yeah, a guess. Just, yes. Shot in the dark. I don't know if he really talked like that. Um, all right. Then we've got, see, look at this. Dracula, oh 1931. This is like a Scooby-Doo episode. American pre-code supernatural horror film directed and co-produced by Todd Browning from a screenplay written by Garrett Fort. It is based on the 1924 stage play. See, there you go. Theater. Uh, Dracula by Hamilton Dean and John L. Balderston, which is in turn, uh, it's adapted from the 1897 novel Dracula by Bram Stoker. So Bram Stoker is the original creator of Dracula. Uh, do you ever see Bram Stoker's Dracula, the 1990s version? Mm -mm. Um, it had a bunch of famous people in it too, but I think Wayne Ryder was in it. Uh, but that one, I remember seeing that movie. I remember going to the theaters uh, mm -hmm. To see that movie, uh, me and my cousin, and we lied to our parents because it was a rated R movie. And I don't know how we 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 got in. Oh, I, I think it was rated. Care. Maybe it was PG thirteen. Either way, they, um, they had nudity in it. Ooh. Well, my parents and well, our parents cared, but yeah, but the movie guy, the movie guys didn't care. They didn't care. Um, but we got to go in and see it. <gasps> and I remember when we came out, I, I forget what movie we told them we saw, but we lied. We had to lie. Yes. Because we couldn't tell them we've seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. Um, but yeah, it was, um, if you guys haven't seen it, it's, have you seen it? No. Crystal? Mm. It's got some pretty uh, sexy scenes in it. Mm, so, really? Yep. All right. Um, we'll it's actually It's actually a pretty, pretty cool movie. It's very, very different from most Draculas that, mm -hmm. that you know of. So, But anyways, going back to this one. So apparently this one... This Dracula was based on a play written a few years prior, which was based on the book by Bram Stoker. So, oh. there's your little history on that. So Not yeah. like Transf Transylvania, the cartoon, based nope. on, what's his name? Um, your boy, know. Adam Sandler? No. Not no. that one? I don't think Transylvania is based on, or Hotel Transylvania, yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 
I don't think that's based on Adam Sandler. I think that's he, not? he just plays the voice. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's not based on his true story. I thought that was. No, it's not based on Adam Sandler. <laughs> it's it's um he, he's um uh, he's the voice actor for. I don't say blah blah blah. I don't say blah blah blah, <laughs> which is ironically comes from this Dracula. Uh, that's see? what he used to say in this see? the 1931s version. So mm, they they took it back old school. They did. You know what else came what? out in 1931? What? I'm telling you, this was a great year. If you were a horror fan, 1931 was the year. The what? Mummy. So you're what? right. Every single episode of Scooby-Doo yes. should give credit to 1931. They should. Every single evil character that's in Monster that's been on Scooby-Doo came out in 1931. This, like, they had the coolest monsters. Mm-hmm. We get one cool monster, like, every five years. This had all the monsters like the all the ogs in one year you know who else was in this movie who boris karloff again no as the mummy i believe he was the mummy he played i guess what what people enjoyed about boris karloff is that he got so into character he was probably known as one of the first character um is it is a character i guess character actor is is correct right because he played Mm -hmm. all these different characters but um method actor Right, oh. method actors are people that really get into their character mm-hmm. and pretend they are like are Heath that? Ledger when he played the Joker. Mm, that didn't work Things out. like that. Um, same thing with Jim Carrey when he played Andy Kaufman, right? The comedian. or like uh, we were just talking about him, Hotel Transylvania. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler, yes. Adam Sandler, he yes. got really into he it. He got really into it. Uh, yeah, and he still talks like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's now he's. He's he is that guy. He became Adam Sandler is Dracula. He is. Yes. He became yes. it. He's yes. method actor. Yep, that's exactly like that. Mm-hmm. That that was Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff and Adam Sandler are one and the same. <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. But the mummy, right? The so mummy. I don't I don't have to say much about this. This is you know what's funny about this movie? When I read the description about it, it actually mm-hmm. fits. Um, did you see so the latest mummy? Not the one with the funny guy. Brandon Fraser. Not with Brandon Fraser, but the one with Tom Cruise. <gasps> I never saw that. So that one is closer to this. Really? This movie is based on the book, which is what the new movie with Tom Cruise is based on. I need to see that movie because it's I was good. just, I didn't watch it because I was bitter because I, I, I didn't want to see a mummy without Brandon Fraser. Yeah, but it's not, it's, 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 it's more, it's closer to the original than the Brendan Fraser mummy. But it was good. It was good. He was good. And they left it open like he's going to be doing more of those. That yeah. character, apparently that character he played in there too, uh-huh. um, was was a, a real character, like I said, from the book. And so oh. he was actually, I would say, kind of like an Indiana Jones. Oh, right? I He was a military you. guy who was oh. also looking for shit and looking you for know, love. Looking in all the wrong places. <laughs> that reminds me of a joke. Oh. Why do cowboys always have shit on their mustache? Oh, do not say Looking th- for love no. in all the wrong places. Maybe it's Looking right for, for them, love. so who are you to judge? Hmm. I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. I you, just said, you called it the wrong place. Well, well you know. Who are you right. to judge? You're right. I'm okay. sorry. You're right. It, it could be the right place for the right person. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get from the mummy to shitty mustaches? Because you're a pervert. Oh, look at Bella Lugosi. Bella so, Lugosi. Just to finish this off, since we did have um, a lot of these movies and Bella Lugosi, uh, you know, this was Starting his, up. this is kind of when he, you know, his, 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 his prime, you know, his yeah. prime time. Um, and he did go off to do other stuff in the, you know, late 30s and, and 40s, obviously. But uh, I just wanted to cover him a little bit because you couldn't cover, you know, films and movie uh, horror stuff. Without talking Bella Lugosi. So, uh, Bella Lugosi was born in uh, Bella, France, or Ferenc, I'm sorry, not born in. He was born originally Bella Ferenc Dozo Blasco on October 20th, 1882 uh, in Lugos, Hungary, Austria. So, I didn't know he was Austrian until I saw this, um, uh, until I did this research, whatever, but... Say that name. No wonder he changed it to Bella Lugosi. That's a lot better than <laughs> Bella Ferenc Dozo Blasco. Although that's a pretty cool name too. Yeah. Bella Blasco. That'd be a cool name. In fact, from now on, I want you to call me just Blasco. Just call me Mario Blasco. Okay, All Blasco. Right? Okay, it. Mr. Blasco. 
let me see. Distinguished stage actor in his native Hungary, Austria. He began his stage career in 1901 and started appearing in films during World War I, fleeing to Germany in 1919 as a result of his left-wing political activity. He organized an actor's union. Wow, back then, huh? In 1920, he immigrated to the United States and made a living as a character actor. Oh, see, what did I say? Yeah. Character actor. Shooting to fame when he played Count Dracula in the legendary 1927 Broadway stage adaptation of Ram Stoker's novel, which we talked about earlier. It ran for three years and was subsequently uh, and memorably filmed by Todd Browning in 1931, which we talked about as well. Uh, that established Lugosi as one of the screen's greatest personifications of pure evil. Personification. Personifications. Personifications. Uh, but anyway, so that's, that's what we know Bella Lugosi as now. So you're right. Um, let me see. He became a U.S. citizen. Sadly, his reputation rapidly declined, mainly because he had been blacklisted by the main studios and had no choice but to accept any part and script handed to him and ended up playing parodies of his greatest role in low-grade poverty role films. Low-grade poverty role films. Is that the name of a, of a movie company? Like uh, like Death Row Records. This was Poverty Row. Is that? <laughs> yes. Hey, 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 yo, yo, yo! I got an idea. I got an idea for for a <laughs> yes. for a studio company. I'm gonna call it Poverty Row. Yes. Poverty Row Records. You on board, Bella Lugosi? You <laughs> on board, Lugosi? Sure, cause I'm hungry. Due to shady blacklisting among the top Hollywood studio executives. He refused to sell out or to compromise his integrity and therefore ended his career working for the legendary worst director of all time, Edward D. Wood. So let me tell you about Edward D. Wood. He, he made a bunch of, do you know who that is? No, I feel bad. So I, I believe um, it was Johnny Depp played him. In a movie. They made a movie about that guy. So he made the cheesiest, like, worst movies of all time. Uh -huh. But his whole thing was that it was about making money. So he was about making a ton, yeah. just a ton. And that's what today is all about. So, like, this podcast, how we just make a bunch, the quality's low, <laughs> but we just make a ton. Like, that's... Okay. It, okay. And, the, and so it's funny because now it's kind of looked back as classics. But yeah. they were just the worst of the worst movies. Just shitty, just... Put them out. Just That's rom-com. That's just, today's rom-com. Yeah, kind of. We yeah. we just have we just have a system. They now. don't care. Right. They don't feel bad about it. Yeah. So let me see. Bella Lugosi died of a heart attack August sixteenth, nineteen fifty-six. He was buried in Dracula. Oh, in a Dracula. See that I I hadn't uh, read up on, but he was buried in a Dracula costume, including a cape but not the ones used in the 1931 film, contrary to popular but unfortunate, uh, unfounded rumors. Wow, so he carried that to the end. He's like, I'm the number one Dracula. I guess. That's that, cool, though. Ooh, that was his thing. That's that was cool. It. That was it. Hey, did he have kids? Because that would have been cool if Grandpa, you know, was Dracula. and he got and Like he, in the Munsters? Grandpa, yeah, and Grandpa go, was it, remember? Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, he then, played that guy. Did you know that? What? He played Grandpa in The Monsters. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He no, was the Dracula guy. I don't believe that because 1956. I know. The, oh, you Just trying bitch. to fool you. Now, no. Wouldn't that be cool if he did, though? That would have been so like cool. Like if he would have lived. When were The Monsters filmed? In the 60s? The 60s or 70s. Yeah. I mean, but it was... Were they black and white on purpose or was it because it was the 60s? I think it was on purpose because, like, pretty things were... I think pretty things were in color. Like the girl yeah. that they always called ugly and she was beautiful. Oh, Remember? she was in color? I think. No. I feel like she was. They couldn't do that kind of shit back I then. I don't know, but wouldn't that have been nice? No. I just invented something really cool. I think you did. They should re remix that and put that out there. Well, I think they... If you, and it's like fingerprinting. I'm taking credit for that method. I think they do have versions of uh, monsters in color. Yeah, but they we should, should just have it. the girl. You're right. Wouldn't that be awesome? She was hideous to them. Yes, and but, but she's she was all hot. pretty. Yeah. You, you'd do her. I wouldn't say hot, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know um, what I mean. But I just think that would be such a fun funeral. 
to go to grandpa's funeral and he's dressed as dracula i know i wonder what they thought that'd be awesome like was that his wish or or oh, i'm sure somebody else's i'm sure he's like bitch don't dress whatever you do when i die <laughs> don't put me in that dracula costume that i got at the swap meet that was just for foreplay <laughs> and then what does I'm she do bury you in some outfits you better fucking not better not Yes. What would you bury me in if I died today? If we got in a little argument right now and I passed away, I had a heart attack, what would you bury me in just to well, spite me? One would have to be a luchador mask because that's cool. That's your thing. A luchador and underwear with the red cape like that movie. That's so fucking stupid. So a cheesy version. Nacho of, Libre? Yeah. You would dress me as Nacho Libre? Yeah, why not? Oh my I God. like it. All right, listen, that's uh, enough. That's enough. We Do you got, got boots? No, we gotta Do you go. Got boots? Okay. You can buy the boots. Okay. Listen, I had a great time speaking about uh, nineteen thirty-one. Yes. The Star Spangled Banner. Aww. Movies. Aww. Bella Lugosi. Men's fashion. Straw hats. I want to. Oh, how about a straw hat? And then I'll wake up like <laughs> I'm dead, and all of a sudden I rise from the dead like the zombie movies. Yes. Nineteen thirty-one. Punch right through that straw hat, and pow. And you mm. say. I don't say blah, blah, blah. All right. With that said, mm-hmm. thank you, everybody, for yeah. joining us today. Uh, Crystal, I'm going to bury you in a luchador mask. I am outside the wire of wire. See you all next time. Are you all ready to up your drinking game? Absinthe Minded AZ is a pretty freaking amazing and super rare company. Absinthe is truly an acquired taste type of drink. People like Picasso, Hemingway, and Van Gogh were known to throw back a few. I mean, The Raven may have never been written if Edgar Allan Poe wasn't drinking this stuff, who, by the way, was an artilleryman in the United States Army. Go Redlegs. This misunderstood spirit became legal again in the United States in 2007, And now you can try it for yourself here in AZ. Plus, co-owners Doc Ordovich and Justin Slusher are pretty cool dudes. Absinthe Minded is produced with 100% natural herbs based off of traditional formulations with variations to accommodate the palates of the modern drinker. Pour, sip, and enjoy. So if you want to find out more about this amazing company, go to their Facebook page or AbsintheMindedAZ.com. And their Instagram page is pretty dope. Mmm, Catino Sauce Company has the sexiest, hottest, hot. Uh, <clears throat> nope, no, that's all wrong. Hold on. Catino is the sexiest, hottest, hot, hot sauce. Damn it. That's all wrong. What nope. are you doing? Trying to record this ad for Catino Sauce Company. Catino? You mean the best damn hot sauce on the planet with tons of flavors like jalapeno, habanero, chipotle, birdie, and all kinds of others I can't pronounce. They also have amazing limited flavors like mango and blueberry. Yep, that's it. My favorite is ghost. It makes my butt burn. <laughs> you gotta act fast though, because they're always selling out of that one. Okay. Just visit catinosauce.com for more flavors and customized bundles. Also, go ahead and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. My homeboy and CEO of Catino Sauce Company, Jacob, will appreciate that. Um, where are you off to? I'm going to check out Alien Donuts. They are a funky, hip donut concept with planetary beats and out-of-this-world treats. They have vegan, gluten-free, classics, specialty, and space-themed donuts. Yum. What else do they got? They also offer nitro brew coffee, rocket shakes, and freshly made ice cream. And how can I find them, Crystal? Well, they are located in the heart of Old Town Scottsdale on 5th Avenue. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, or AlienDonuts.com. Donut, stop believing! What you drinking? My favorite drink ever, pistachio blended brew with a coffee base and a little extra shot of caffeine from Sweet's Cold Brew Coffee Company. Gotta get ready for that show, Crystal. And did you know that Sweet's Cold Brew is the first and only cold brew coffee shop in the state of Arizona? It's for rad people only. I'm rad. 
The only thing that would make them better is if they sold beer and wine. Funny you should say that. Just check out their menu at sweetsbrew.com. That's sweets with a Z in the middle. Uh, they also got an awesome Instagram page. Sweet Stash is a home-baked business specializing in cake pops, brownies, cakes, and more. Celebrate your special occasions with all of your favorite people. If we're at a party and they have Sweet Stash, I know where Mario will be by the cake pop stand. To place your orders, check them out on Facebook or Instagram. 